in the book of Isaiah, we read these words, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him. As he comes, he will feed his flock. How? Like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his chest. Who is being spoken of here? Who is this shepherd that, he is, that, the, that the scriptures are speaking of? Well, how can it be Christ? It says, your God is coming. It's interesting that folks have so often tried to raise the argument, how can Jesus be God? Did he ever claim to be God? Isn't that something that people have just added to his teachings after the fact? How can Jesus be God? And yet we read in the Old Testament so many scriptures over and over again that paint this picture that have left the scholars scratching their heads. For all of the names of Jehovah, the holy name of God, when Moses met with God on the mountain and he said, who shall I say has sent me when I go to the Israelites? And he's, God said to him, I am. Tell them I am has sent you. And then he gave to Moses the ability to perform several wonders that the people would see and believe that the I am the God who calls himself, I am the self-existing one. And Moses performed those miracles before the people. But even with all of the wonders and miracles that Moses performed, the people were still doubting and always on again and off again. And as you go through the Old Testament, you see so many places where God describes himself. As we continue on, we come to another place in scripture. We come to a place where God has anointed a king and that king's name is David. And this, this king who from his youth learn to worship God and in his prayer, in his psalm, in this song that he sings of his relationship with God, he begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And if you are still saying the Lord is a shepherd, you've not yet got it. Look at the exact wording that's here. He says the Lord is have you yet begun to say the Lord is my shepherd because you see David claimed God as his God and he allowed God to direct him he allowed God to speak into his life he allowed God to tell him what is right and what is wrong what he should do and what he shouldn't do 
And we see it played out in David's life. And the one time that he really stepped out of line is marked in Scripture. For it's told that God said of David, David is a man after my own heart, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. David walked with God because he was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. And when the prophet of God came to David and said, you have sinned, David repented. And we can read of it in Psalm 34 and, and Psalm 51 as he prayed these great prayers of repentance and then prayers of praise that he was forgiven. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it really speaks of a life of dependency on God. Because he's saying, there's nothing that I'm going to be wanting for. And we all know that as kids and as adults, we're always saying, well, I want this. I want that. I want something else. David was able to say, all I want is God. And I want his leading. And we see in his life the story of a man who continued to say, Lord, what should I do here? He consulted the God, God here. He consulted God there. He continually went and asked, Lord, is this what you would have me do? Except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite and his wife, where David had sinned says he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. God has directed my life. God will not direct your life if you do not give your life to him. If you want to know what God wants for your life or desires for you to bless you, you must ask him and invite him to be your God and to direct you in the ways that will honor him. And he will lead you beside quiet waters. And he will restore your soul. We live in a day when so many people are distressed and stressed out and anxious and worried. And they read the news and they wonder what's next. And some people are afraid to even leave their houses anymore. The Lord is the one who can restore your soul so that you don't need to worry about going out of the door. As a young man growing up in Montreal, I remember a time before I knew the Lord and I was afraid of going out of my apartment because that was a time when people were putting bombs in mailboxes and the FLQ was in full force. And walking in the streets of Montreal, I saw armed soldiers standing on street corners and I knew fear and I was very much afraid and then I came to know Christ and I'm not worried about whether there's a bomb in the mailbox I'm not worried about whether there's a man on the street corner with a gun because I know that if my life ends this very instant I will go and be with the Lord he guides me in the paths of righteousness. 
And we live in a day and age when people do not want to be guided in paths of righteousness. They want what they want. They want their own life. They're seeking their own kinds of fulfillment. And that's why we have to wrestle with things like human trafficking and the, the cruelties and the hatreds and, and, and the moral depravity that's in the world. Because people do not want what God wants. They want what they want. And they feel that if I do my own thing, I, my life will be fulfilled. But your life will never be fulfilled by following what you want, but only by following God, seeking his righteousness for his name's sake. God leads us in a way that will honor him. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. Do you know his comfort? Are you walking in his peace? Do you know the joy of the Lord? It's such a simple thing. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Come into my heart, Lord. Jesus said to the church, but it is true of non-believers as well. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in and sup with them. I will come in and have fellowship with them. I will come to the party with you. And I will be with you and stay with you for the rest of your life. And at the end of your life, I will bring you to my house where the party will continue. Have you said yes to Jesus? I will fear no evil. You are there. You are the one who disciplines me and guides me. And that gives me comfort. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We now move from where David saw himself as a sheep being guided by a shepherd to where he had been invited into the shepherd's home. And now he is there as, as a man, as a human being. And he stands in the presence of God. And in the presence of his enemies, God is taking him and anointing him. So often we've spoken of the anointing of oil as a, a healing oil. But this is an anointing oil and it's on David's head. And God has taken David and given him a place of service, which speaks of the anointing of the Spirit of God. And when you give yourself to Christ, he also anoints you. He gives you the gift of his Holy Spirit that you might know him and serve him. And what can you say in response to such things? Except my cup overflows. God, I can't believe you are so generous to me that you would bless me in such a way. So surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And now David looks beyond this time of service in the presence of God to the day that he is called back into the presence of God, into the very house of God. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again, that where I am, you may be also. What an amazing God who would do such things. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. 
the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We saw in Isaiah that God said, I am your shepherd. We saw in the Psalm of David, Psalm 23, that David saw the shepherd as the Lord God who was guiding him. And now you have Jesus who stands in front of the people and he says, I am the good shepherd. If I were to stand in your presence and say, I am your good shepherd, come and follow me. I hope you would run me out on a rail. Moses never stood before the people and said, I am the good shepherd. The prophets of God never said the things that Jesus said. The prophets of God, the servants of God, have always said, thus saith the Lord. Hear what God has said. See what God has given. Follow the living God. Every prophet before Jesus said, look, this is what God has said. Look, this is what the word of God says. Jesus came and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the good shepherd. Who is this man who can make such claims? And the people who heard Jesus speak in this way became very agitated because they said, you can't say these things. They recognized the challenge of what Jesus was saying. If we were to go through John's Gospel and read in chapter 8, uh, sorry, chapter 10, we would see where Jesus speaks of being the good shepherd. And I'm just going to drop all kinds of things on the floor. And Jesus said this, Truly, truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but comes in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. I know a time when I sensed the calling of God on my life and I responded. Have you heard the voice of Jesus calling you? Have you sensed the Spirit of God saying, why have you not given yourself to me? Why have you not come? Why have you not confessed me? Have you sensed the Spirit of God troubling your spirit? You've been saying perhaps now's not a good time, or I have questions, or I have doubts. There was a time when every voice in my head said, no, don't respond to this voice. Say no, say no, put it off, delay it. And yet the Spirit of God was so moving in my life that I could no longer say no, 
but I simply had to say, Lord, in spite of all the voices in my head, I want Jesus come into my life. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. Jesus said it again, Truly, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. What do you mean you are the gate? How can you be the gate? We've got Moses. We've got the prophets. How can you be the gate? Whoever comes to me will be saved. What? Whoever enters through me will be saved? Through you? Yes, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Who is this one who says these things? Oh, he's just a good teacher. He's just a, a, a fine man. He was a noble teacher ahead of his time. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in this pen and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. Are you listening to the voice of Jesus today? Have you heard his voice? Have you said yes to him? The reason the Father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down my life of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my Father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can, the demon. can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Can a demon possessed man, can a madman raise the dead? Can a madman heal the sick? And so we have a problem. The question, is Jesus simply someone who believed himself to be something that he was not? If that's the case, how then did he raise the dead, give sight to the blind, heal the sick? How did he do those things if he was simply delusional? So we have to reject the fact that Jesus was delusional and we have to reject the argument that he was demon-possessed. For he could not do the things that he did if those things were the case. Nor could he have done the things that he did if he were simply deluded, as some have said. That leaves us only one conclusion. Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God, 
the Messiah of God, the Savior of mankind. And yes, mankind includes womankind. These are not the sayings of a man possessed. Then came the festival of the dedication and, and at Jerusalem and it was winter and Jesus was in the temple. He was walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews were there, gathered around him, saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Excuse me? Where were you? Where have you been all my life, so to speak? Have you not been listening? Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. So I'm asking you, do you believe? Do you believe? The works I do, I do in my Father's name, and they testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Maybe not yet, but you're only a prayer away. Lord Jesus, help me. A thief on the cross. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. A publican in the temple. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. They were just a few words separated them from where they were to becoming a child of God. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And listen to this. I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish. The stakes are high. The way is simple, but it takes faith. If Jesus was not who he claimed to be, he would have gone to the cross and died and been buried and that would have been the end of the story of Jesus other than perhaps a little note on a clay tablet somewhere in history. But Jesus rose from the dead and even the disciples who weren't expecting it were convinced and even one like Thomas who after he, the other disciples told him we've seen the Lord said nah. I'm sorry, unless I see the marks in his hands and then put my hand in his side. I can't believe that. And then Jesus came into a locked room with the disciples and appeared before Thomas. And he said, Thomas, put your hand in the marks of my hands and take your hand and put it in my side and be no longer unbelieving, but believe and Thomas gave the only answer that was possible. My Lord and my God. Never tell me that Jesus did not claim to be God, nor the Messiah. Never tell me that he did not give evidence that he was all that he claimed to be, because he has risen from the dead. 
and the likes of even his own brothers who did not believe in him, like James, came to faith and believed and were founders in the church. And people like Thomas, who were unbelieving, believed because they saw the risen Christ. Jesus said, other sheep have I who are not of this flock. They also must come. And Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are you because you have seen and believed. But how blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And guess what? That's us. We haven't seen him raised from the dead as those early apostles did. But we have believed. Have you believed? My last word to you is, if you would like to give your heart to him today and stop pushing Jesus away or stop saying, Lord, maybe tomorrow, but say today, pray with me now. Lord Jesus, I've been fighting for a long time. I have many questions. I have many doubts. I have many fears. But I want to trust you right now. I know that you are who you claim to be. All the evidence is there. I want to hear your voice. I want to be your child. Forgive me, a sinner. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit and lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Amen. If you've done that today, would you come and tell me and let me pray with you and bless you? Folks, I know sometimes, most times, probably every time I go over and I'm a bit long-winded, but the stakes are high. I pray that you will walk with Jesus and you will know the joy and the abundant life that he gives. God bless you. And now if you just give me the last slide. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. the Lord be with you. God bless.